right. Good morning, everybody. I'm so glad you're here to learn about some fun new books. I have a lot of books to share with you. And um, my friend MJ promised me that if I made it through the whole list, she would buy my dinner tonight. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> also, I'm ordering the tenderloin filet. <laughs>
session together called Picture Books 101, which you'll hear me mention about five or six times during this presentation. Um, we're actually going to read Spencer's new pet, which doesn't have any words in it, so it's a wordless picture book. Um, but we're going to read it with you and show you how to read a wordless picture book this afternoon. So if you don't get a chance to see this one at BookBug, if you come back to our session this afternoon, you'll get to see it and experience it together. I really am not going to tell you much about that. Sorry. Um, Grandparents Day for us at our school, Hudson Christian, is coming up, I think, next Friday. Which um, is always fun. And maybe some of you have experienced it this year already, or it's coming up. There are a couple of really sweet grandparent books that have come out this year. The first one is called Oji Chan's Gift. Oji Chan is the Japanese word for grandfather. And um, in this story, Mayumi is the girl's name. Um, she goes to visit her grandfather in Japan every summer for a long time. And her grandfather has created this garden for her. And when she comes, they tend it together. It's not a regular garden, though. It's a rock garden. And so they tend it together. She helps to weed it. Um, she does the raking in it. And they spend a lot of time enjoying that task together. As the story goes on, Grandfather gets older every summer that she visits. And in the end, he is no longer able to live at that house. And so he's going to have to leave the garden. And she will no longer get to see the garden uh, that they've created together. So the story is about her finding a way to keep that garden alive in her memory, but also for her grandfather, too. It's a very sweet grandparent-granddaughter book. Our favorite day, I love this book so, so much. Um, that's Papa, and that's his granddaughter in the, in the picture. At the beginning of the book, we see that Papa is quite lonely. He lives by himself. Grandma has passed away. Um, she's in some pictures, but she's not in the story, and she doesn't live in the house with him. So um, it's a very sad thing for him. But every day he is going out and doing this very same activities. He has a very strong routine every day, except for Thursdays. Thursdays are a little bit different because that's the day that his granddaughter comes to visit and spend time with him for the afternoon. So um, they create things together, they um, spend time together and do fun things together. It's a very sweet story and it's so easy to see the, the love that they have for each other. Um, also the illustrations in this book are really cool. It's a watercolor background and it's got cut paper illustrations on top of it. So, great story for grandparents. This next section of books is about understanding perspective. And the first one is by an author you might recognize. This is Brendan Wenzel. He wrote They All Saw a Cat a couple of years ago, um, which was also a perspective book. This book is very similar. It's called A Stone Sat Still. And it is the story of a stone that is depicted through time, and it's also seen from different animals' points of view. And so you see the stone being a stone, but it's also so many other things, too. So it's a really neat look at perspective. Goodbye, friend. Hello, friend. is by Corey Dorfeld, who wrote The Rabbit Listened, which I think we talked about last year. Um, she did the illustrations and the words in this one. In this book, we meet Stella and Charlie. And they become friends. They say hello to each other. But the book is about a series of goodbyes that they have. But how each goodbye that they have leads to a new hello. It's just that some of the goodbyes are harder than others. And so you work through that with them. I'm not going to tell you too much more about that one. Um, a really sweet story, and it made me cry just a little bit. Dandy. It's by Amy Dykeman. Amy Dykeman brought us um, Horrible Bear and Wolfie the Bunny, if you know either one of those. Um, she's working with a different illustrator for this one. So, <clears throat> in the picture here you have Daddy and his daughter Sweetie, and they are very particular in this neighborhood about their lawns. And so, yes, you know what that's like. <laughs> so one day, a dandelion is spotted on Daddy's lawn. 
and there is war on the dandelion. However, Sweetie loves the dandelion and she's named it Charlotte. And every time Daddy tries to go to destroy the dandelion, she's right there. She's got her snack with her, she's taking a nap right next to it, she's drawing a picture of it. She's always right there. And the neighbors are starting to pressure him. You need to take care of that dandelion before it spreads to our lawns. And you have to read it to find out what he decides to do. This next section of books is all about caring for other people. This first one is called What is Given from the Heart. It's by Patricia McKissick. I actually passed away a couple of years ago, but this manuscript was um, something that she worked on before she died and it has been published. Um, it's a beautiful story about James Otis and his mom, and they are really down on their luck. They're having some tough times. They've had to sell their farm, they've had to move away. Um, he's lost his dog, um, and they're very poor. They have almost no possessions. Um, but one day they go to church, and they are collecting items for love boxes for people in the community that are poor or need something. And one family that's mentioned has had a fire and they have lost everything in that fire. And so they're doing a special collection to help out this, this family in the church. Well, James Otis and his mother have barely anything themselves. And so this story is about James Otis's quest to find something that he can give that would be from his heart to the little girl who had the fire. It's a really beautiful story. Um, and a good story about sacrifice and giving up things that um, help somebody else. The Scarecrow. Um, this is a gorgeous, gorgeous book. It's illustrated by the Fan Brothers, who brought us The Night Gardener a few years back. Um, the book is written by Beth Ferry and is done in rhyme. And if you know me very well, I don't love books that rhyme unless they're really done well. This one is really done well. This scarecrow is known for um, his strength in keeping away the creatures from the field where he sits. But all of that changes when a tiny little crow falls from his nest right near the scarecrow and you start to see a whole different side of that scarecrow that you didn't see at the beginning of the book. It's really quite sweet. Um, also, the case cover of this book, if you take off the dust jacket, is really quite incredible. It feels like denim, and it has patches on it. It's really neat. Also, MJ wrote a 10-page paper on this book for her grad class, so if you have any questions about it, I'm sure she'd be happy to answer them. <laughs> Tacos help everybody. But he decides that he wants to hug Pointy to make him feel better. 
However, he has very tiny arms, and so it's a bit of a challenge. <laughs> so his story is all about finding a way to be able to hug his friend Pointy. He asks for advice from failing others, and he practices on lots of things. And finally, he finds a way to give his friend Pointy a hug and to help him out. Now, if you like this one, and it looks good to you, you might want to come to our Picture Books 101 session this afternoon, because we're going to read this book to you. And MJ reads it really well, because she's read it to a lot of library classes. <laughs> she's got a lot of practice. Also, Tiny T-Rex, and the very dark, dark comes out in March. Alright, we are up to understanding emotions. There's a lot of, of new writing happening um, to help kids with social-emotional learning, which is kind of becoming a new topic in education for sure. So some of these books might be helpful to your classes as you um, start to think about some needs that kids have. This first book, we're actually also going to unpack in great detail this afternoon. There's so much about this book that is helpful for kids, um, and the way that you read it could be really beneficial for them. So this afternoon we're going to talk about this one quite a lot. Um, it's called Allie All Along. And Allie is that red monster you see in the front, but she's not really a monster. Something um, happens that causes her great frustration and rage, and she turns into this monster. So her brother gives her lots of strategies along the way to help her deal with her anger and to calm down. And you see her turning from a red monster into a yellow monster, into a green monster, into a blue monster, and finally she becomes herself again. So, um, and you also get some great anger management tips along the way and strategies that you could use with kids, actually. So it's a great book. I read it to a young fives class, and um, they loved it. I, I feel like it went really well with really young kids, but I think you could read this middle school even. It's got a lot of good stuff in it. Butterflies on the first day of school obviously deals with the idea of being nervous about something. Um, in this book, Rosie is very excited about starting school until the day that school starts when she's suddenly very, very nervous and she has, um, she's really worried about beginning school. So her parents just shove her on the bus and they say, it's just butterflies, you'll be okay. Well, she doesn't know what that means. So when she sits down on the bus next to a new friend, um, she starts talking with that new friend and some butterflies fly around her. And everything that she does that's a brave thing during the day these butterflies start coming out, and they're coming out of her stomach, so she's not quite as nervous every day. And in the end, she's actually able to help another person with their own butterflies. And there's also a really sweet ending. It's really good. You Are Your Strong is a book about dealing with very strong emotions. So the first half of the book has characters that are dealing with really hard things, sadness, anger, frustration. Um, fear, and it talks about the people that they have in their lives that can help them deal with those strong emotions. The second half of the book is about strategies that they could use if they don't have those people near them. So what can they do for themselves? Now, I read this to a third grade class, and um, at the end of the book, they said that God is our strong. So there's a really neat way to bring that in and to talk about how we are not strong on our own and God is, is, is what makes us strong. Maybe Tomorrow is a book about Elba. Elba is the pink hippopotamus and she carries along with her a big block of sadness everywhere she goes. It's debilitating. Um, she doesn't want to do anything. She has a hard time going places because it's weighing her down so much. She meets Norris, who's an alligator or crocodile, I'm not sure which one. Um, Norris dances everywhere he goes, and he's also followed by butterflies wherever he goes. So the contrasting 
characters is quite different. Um, but it's really interesting as their relationship grows, Nora starts to listen to what Alba is sad about. And Alba shares what she's so sad about in her story, um, in her life. And as she's talking with Norris, her big block that she's carrying around becomes smaller. But what I really, really, really love about this book is that block never goes away. Um, I think when you're sad about something, it never really does go away. It can get smaller because people can help you deal with it, and friendship could be a good thing that can help you to, to go through things, but a lot of times that sadness sticks with you. So it's just a beautiful story about how friends can help each other. The good egg. <laughs> um, perhaps you remember the bad seed from a year or two ago. This is the good egg, and the cool bean is coming out in December by the same author. So you'll probably want to check that one out. In this story, the good egg is a very, very good egg, and he tries very hard every day to do the right thing. And he also makes sure that everybody else is doing the right thing, too. Do you know any students like this? <laughs> this is such a great book to deal with perfectionism. Um, so he's trying so hard to get everybody to do the right thing all the time that the pressure of that job is causing his shell to crack. And so he goes on a journey, he grows a beard, it's funny, um, <laughs> and he discovers that being perfect isn't all it's cracked up to be. Uh, that's a joke, <laughs> I didn't even write that in my notes. <laughs> so he comes back from the journey and he reunites with his family and he starts to have a little bit of fun and he doesn't worry so much about being perfect every moment of the day. He's still a good egg, though. This is The Many Colors of Heartbeat Sing. I read this book to a fourth grade class, and we had a great discussion about this book. This book is about Harpreet, and he is an Indian boy. And he wears clothing and um, a special turban on his head called a patka. And he wears them so that they match his moods and his emotions. So he has different colors for different things that he's feeling. And he loves wearing them and he takes good care of his podcast every day. And um, a day comes along where his family has to move um, from their beautiful home to a place where it snows and he's not happy about that at all. Um, when he's at school, he will only wear white because he wants to be invisible. So his colors have kind of disappeared. Fortunately, after some rough times, he makes a new friend and his friend helps him to bring those colors back. In the back of the book, there is a note that talks about the Sikh faith and why people who practice Sikhism wear turbans. And it's a reminder for them of the tenets of their faith. And so with uh, Jenny's class, Jenny's sitting right here, we had an amazing discussion about, first of all, what's different about that faith um, than our faith? What's the same? But then we also talked about what are some things that we wear as Christians to remind us of what we believe. It's a really cool discussion. I thought, anyway, you too? <laughs> I thought it was good. We're going to talk about how this book is a window book. It's kind of a window into a new world. Um, this afternoon at the Picture Books 101 session. So you'll hear a little bit more about that one then. That book actually also fits in with this next category, but it fits into both, so I put it at the end. Um, understanding differences is the next one here. Between Us and Abuela, a family story from the border, is about Maria and her little brother Juan, and their grandma lives in Mexico, and they live in the US. And so they are celebrating a festival, and they're going to go see their grandma. And their mom takes them on the trip. And they go to a place in San Diego called Friendship Park, which is actually a real place, where um, people, a certain number of people at a time, can go to an interior fence and be able to speak with their family members and loved ones on the other side. Um, they have time limits of how long they can be there. Um, and Maria and Juan have decided to create for her a large poster and also a scarf. And they want to give those gifts to Abuela when they see her. However, they don't 
fit through the fence. And that is a sad time. So Maria, the rest of the book, is spent talking about her ingenious idea to get that poster over the fence. It's amazing. It's a great little story about family. And this is another good grandparents' day family book as well. The Boy and the Giant. This book takes place in the fictional town of Gableview, which has a giant in it that is helpful to the people of Gableview. Um, however, nobody ever sees the giant. And so in the book we have Granddad and we have Little Billy, and Little Billy doesn't believe that the giant exists because he's never seen it. Um, he wonders, why does he always hide? And so Granddad tells him a story that the people of Gableview have often been afraid of something that looks different from them. And so they have not been very welcoming to the giant. And so the giant has to work behind the scenes and spends his time hiding. Um, and so when little Billy actually sees the giant in real life, he's actually pretty ashamed of his reaction. And so he has to find a way to fix that problem and to make it right. And the ending is pretty cool. The Someone New. I love, love, love this book. This book features Jitterbug, who is a chipmunk, uh, who's very involved in everyone's life. <laughs> uh, Jitterbug is sensing when she wakes up in the morning that someone is new or something is new in their community, and she is on a mission to find it. And finally she does, and it's a snail named Pudding. And the snail Pudding has left his home because it's been washed out by a storm. So the garden that he was living in has been washed away, and so he is in search of a safe place to live. Well, Jitterbug is not a fan of this idea, because what if someone new ruins everything? And what if everybody likes the someone new more than me, she wonders. And so she tells the snail to leave and go back home. And the snail does. Until all of her friends start looking at her and saying, we were new ones and we were welcomed in. And so Jitterbug has to fix that and go after the snail and find him which isn't hard because he's a snail, so he hasn't actually gone very far. <laughs> um, and so they fixed the problem, and actually, Pudding is a wonderful addition to their community, and they all have fun together. Great book to talk about, including other people. A Friend for Henry. Henry is a little boy who um, is on the autism spectrum. The book doesn't actually state that, um, but the author has some experience with her own child. So Henry has some real difficulties um, at school. He's starting school for the first time, and he's looking for um, a friend. He wants to find a friend. But he sees things in a very black and white way, and he has real trouble understanding what people are doing and why they do the things that they do. And it's very hard for him to connect with people. So after a few failures, and people for him that are like thunderstorms, they're described as, as these different things. Um, after a while, he finds somebody who is willing to just sit and look at the fishbowl with him. And they start a little conversation, and they end up playing on the playground together, and they end up um, building some blocks together. And they form a friendship, um, despite some of his issues and, and troubles and challenges in the classroom. So it's a great book to talk about being made as God made us to be, being made in God's image, also including other people. It's also a really good book for talking about how to find a friend that's a good fit for you. So lots of really good classroom discussions can come out of this one. Just ask. Be different. Be brave. Be you. This is written by Sonia Sotomayor, who is a Supreme Court, Court Justice, and she actually wrote this book for a couple of reasons. First of all, when she was seven years old, she was diagnosed with diabetes, and so she often had to check her blood sugar, she had to give herself insulin shots, 
and a lot of kids thought that she was different and weird, and they didn't want to spend time playing with her. Um, also, I just watched an interview with her. Um, it was on The Daily Show, and she told about an experience that tells where this title, Just Ask, comes from. She was in a restaurant, and she ordered her meal and went to the bathroom to give herself her insulin shot. And while she was finishing up in the bathroom, um, another restaurant guest came into the bathroom and they, she saw Sonia giving herself a shot and assumed that she was a drug addict because of the needle. So they both went back to the tables and ate and as Sonia was leaving the restaurant after dinner, she heard that woman talk to her table guest and say, she's a drug addict. So Sonia stopped <laughs> and she went back and she said, I'm not a drug addict. That was insulin. It helps me to live. <laughs> um, and then she said these words. If you see something, someone doing something different than you expect, just ask rather than assuming the worst. Uh, that was such a powerful reason for this title of the book. That happened to her 30 years ago, and she still remembers it clear as day. And that's where the title of this book comes from. This book is about a group of children who all have different challenges in their lives, but they're all coming together to build a garden together. So some of the, some of the kids you'll meet in this book have different challenges in their lives. Um, some of the kids have diabetes, autism. Some kids are deaf, some are blind, some have ADHD. One of them is a stutterer. One of them has Tourette's. One of them has Down syndrome. But they all have gifts that they bring and they're able to work together to create this beautiful garden. Uh, this book is incredible. I bought five copies of it to give away to all my friends. <laughs> it's just a really good book for kids to help understand each other and also just to not have challenges and differences be such a stigma. Really good book. Highly recommend this one. Hum and Swish is for all the introverts out there. <laughs> Um, this book is about Jamie, who goes to the beach, and she is working on some sort of creation in the sand. She doesn't know what it's going to be yet. She's working on it. But people keep coming up to her, and they keep asking her questions. And they're bugging her, and you can see the frustration on her face growing as they come. What do you make it? What's that going to be? Isn't that cute? And she keeps saying, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, finally, another artist comes down to the shore, and um, she sets up her easel and has her paints and things. And they, um, Jamie actually asks the artist, what are you making? Which is kind of funny because she doesn't want anybody to ask her. Um, and they actually work together in silence for a while, creating their, their different artwork. And at the end of the book, they share their masterpieces with each other. Just a sweet, quiet book. What is a refugee? Is a very basic introduction. This book is great for little kids. Uh, it's a very basic introduction to what a refugee is and why people might have had to leave their homes and find safety somewhere else. Um, so if this is a topic that's come up in your classroom, this might be a really good way to introduce what that means. In the back of the book, there's actually quotes from child refugees and they tell a little bit about why they've had to leave or why they like the place where they're living now. There's also some famous refugees in the back too. Um, so you get to experience uh, lives through their, their lives through their eyes too. And now we have some nonfiction, which I'm just gonna say right now, some of these are very loosely nonfiction. And if you come to our Picture Books 101 session this afternoon, we're going to talk about nonfiction and how it can be kind of tricky to figure out what nonfiction is and what it looks like and how some of it can be um, very expository text, but some of it can be a narrative. Um, so these kind of are all mixed together. The first one is Carl and the Meaning of Life. This is by Deborah Friedman, who brought us shy a couple years ago. Um, Deborah Friedman is just a wonderful, amazingly talented person. She does the artwork and the, um, the words in the book, too. Carl is an earthworm, and a field mouse approaches him at the beginning of the book and asks, why do you do what you do? And Carl has absolutely no idea. 
And so he goes on a journey to find out. He asks different animals. And while he's on this journey to find out why he does what he does, he's not doing his job. And so that rich soil that once was there um, starts to turn into hard dirt. And it's starting to affect the animals that he's talking to. And so he finally figures out, ah, I'm here to make the soil rich and wonderful. And he finds his meaning in life. So if you're teaching any, any units on earthworms or <laughs> on finding your purpose in life or something like that, this would be a good book for that. The Very Impatient Caterpillar by Rosper Askew. And um, this is a very funny book about metamorphosis. If you could imagine there is such a thing. This book is written mostly in speech bubbles. So it's this impatient guy, and he has some wiser companions that help him through the whole process. And I think this would be a really funny reader's theater. I think it would mostly be two, two characters. Uh, but it is, it is a hilarious take on metamorphosis. So it's got some nonfiction in it, but it's also just really funny. Count on Me is for people who love math, which there aren't a lot of books for people who love math. So this is exciting. Uh, in this book, the narrator is a little girl, and she loves math. She spends every day looking for math things, and she um, finds it in the world in all different ways. And it's really neat how she sees things that we might not think of as math but they are. Um, in the back of the book, there is a math notebook, which gives you some basic math knowledge and also some things that maybe you haven't thought much about. Um, there's a lot of talk of patterns and things like that. So really cute little book about math. And it's pretty simple, too. You can read this to very little kids, too, um, talking about math concepts. All right, we are the gardeners. It's written by Joanna Gaines, which maybe you know her. Um, perhaps you've heard of her before. She's on like a TV show or something, I don't know. <laughs> maybe has like a conglomeration of buildings in Texas. Um, so Joanna Gaines, I, I have to say, I resisted reading this book a lot of months because sometimes books written by famous people really aren't that good. So finally, one day, I was in a bookstore in Canada. I was waiting for my husband, and I picked up this book. And you guys, it made me cry. It's good. It is a good, good book. It is about growth mindset. It is about um, persistence. It's about failing and trying again. It's just a really beautiful story of how they came up with their family garden. And it's a true story. So there's a lot of planning in it. Um, they talk together as a family about how they plan um, for the different things they're going to grow. They start really small, and they build it over the years, and there are mistakes that they make, and things get ruined, and they fix it, and they move on, and they do better the next time. Um, great book. Sorry, Joanna, but I didn't like it first. <laughs> the pictures are really pretty, too. Sally Lloyd-Jones is the author of the Jesus Storybook Bible. And she has a new book called, Look, I Wrote a Book, and You Can Too. Um, this is a step-by-step -step guide for writing and illustrating books. And it covers these topics. How to come up with an idea. How to write what you know about. Who is your audience? What tools do you use as a writer? How to make a title. What are the parts of a story? She talks about beginning, middle, and end. She talks about revising, she talks about illustrations, and even in, about the author page. So there's a surprising amount of good content in this book that you can use if you're working with some young writers in your classrooms. There are surprisingly two books that have rhyming in them this year. They're both written by Beth Berry, though. <laughs> so she was the one that wrote the Scarecrow book that rhymes. This book also rhymes. It's called Squirrel's Family Tree. And it is a story that is a life cycle of the oak tree. And it also talks about how the oak tree and squirrels and acorns work together in symbiotic relationships to um, continue that life cycle. The rhyming in this book is really quite good. It's, it's a really unique rhyme scheme. 
where there are four lines, I'm sure there's a name for this, I don't know what it is, but <laughs> there's um, four lines and then the end of each line, they all rhyme together. Anybody know what that is? Oh good, then I don't feel so bad. <laughs> but it's done in a really, really nice way. And there's also facts in the back about squirrels and acorns and oak trees too, so you get extra added learning in there. Borrowing bunnies. <laughs>
thinking about what it might have been like for her to wear pants to school on the very first day that she wore pants. So it's a neat story, very loosely based on her life, but what a fascinating woman who went through med school and was a surgeon in the Civil War back in the 1800s. Pretty incredible. Nia's Long Walk, a Step at a Time, is by the same author as A Long Walk to Water, Linda Sue Park. That's a chapter book that came out quite a while ago. Um, this is a companion picture book to that book. Um, Nia is the older sister in the story, and she has to travel quite a long ways in South Sudan to get water for her family. And it's heavy to carry it back. And her little sister often comes along with her. And she does this trip too, but this time her little sister gets sick as they're walking. And at the end, Nia has to carry both the water and her little sister who's feeling sick all the way back home. And it's a story of persistence and setting goals for yourself and determination. Um, and she is able to make it back home. Um, also based loosely um, on the situation there. The Boy Who Grew a Forest, the true story of Jadav Pine. Um, this story is about a little boy, Jadav, and he is noticing deforestation and erosion near his home, and it's affecting the animals that live there. And so he decides to start very small and start planting just a few trees in the area. And eventually, over the years, it becomes a forest. And it's actually named after him. You can look up on YouTube his name, and there are some videos of him talking, and you can, you can hear about his life as a child before all of the erosion happened. And he wanted that to come back again, the, the lush forest and um, the things that he remembered seeing. <coughs> it's a great book for, for thinking about how one person can make a change. Sweet Dream Sarah is the true story of Sarah Good. And Sarah was free from slavery, and she was pursuing her dream to open a furniture store. Well, she did that, and then while she was working there, she created a new type of bed um, that could be in the houses of people who don't have very much space. So she created that idea, and the book is about her getting a patent for that idea. She's one of the first African-American women to get a patent. It was not an easy process, though, so this book outlines that process and, and the struggle that it took and the determination it took for her to get that. Um, and the experiences that she went through to have that happen. A Royal Ride, Catherine the Great's Great Invention. So this book is about the Queen of Russia, and she loved the giant ice slides that would form and that they would create um, in the snowy winters. She loved the adventure of sliding down from very high uh, and all the way down the slide. So she decided that she would like to invent something that they could use that year-round. And so she is actually known as the inventor of the first roller coaster, which I find really fascinating because I have a brother-in-law who is an engineer that creates roller coasters. So I shared this with his family this summer. That was kind of fun. Crayon Man is the story of how Crayola crayons were created. It's a very colorful book. <laughs> Teddy, the remarkable tale of a president, a cartoonist, a toy maker, and a bear by James Sage is the story of how a newspaper cartoon about Teddy Roosevelt and a bear cub sparked an idea to create this new cuddly toy called the Teddy Bear. I would say that the Crayon Man and Teddy and this next one I'm going to share with you are probably for maybe second grade and up. Not real accessible to really little kids unless you break it down into smaller pieces, but Teddy is a fun story about how the teddy bear came to be. And then Just Like Beverly is a biography of Beverly Cleary. So I grew up reading Beverly Cleary books. I think I read every single one probably at least three times. So I just love her. She's still living. Yes, she's still living. She is a hundred and something. 102, wow, she's 102. I think there are videos of her being interviewed and things like that. So if your kids don't know Beverly Cleary, you could give them some background knowledge by showing some videos and things and just talking about her. She has a fascinating life story. She actually did not do well in school. 
Um, and she struggled to find books to read that were about kids like her. And so the story of her becoming an author and writing those books for herself, but for also a lot of other kids, is a really neat story. There's also a lot of information in the back, too, where you can learn even more about her. And then we have just a couple new series. This one is the Good Sports series, and so it features sports like volleyball, basketball, hockey, and football. And um, I'm just going to say they're not high-quality writing, but <laughs> if you've got kids in first or second grade that are ready for a chapter book that has a lot of illustrations in it still, these might be a good fit for your kids. Um, they are pretty easy to read, and they have <coughs> lots of pictures, and they have a good message, too, about being a good sport when you play on a team. So, good stuff there. And then this series has actually come out in the last couple of years. Uh, the newest one is The Truth About Crocodiles, Seriously Funny Facts About Your Favorite Animals. This would be a great series to have on hand if you're doing some animal research um, for reports or something like that. They're also just funny. They're, they're really well written. They're written partly in text and partly in speech bubbles from the animals. Um, so you learn a lot of information in really neat ways. And um, I'm done. <laughs> Thanks for dinner, MJ. <laughs> <laughs> 